What's up, y'all? Welcome to The Real Word. This is episode, this is season four, episode 21. Shout out to everybody who's been watching. Shout out to everybody who's been supporting. Shout out to everyone that has helped us to get this far, thus far. Shout out to everyone that's been watching us on um, YouTube. That's www.youtube.com backslash The Real Word TV. That's The Real Word TV, one word on YouTube. Um, check us out on Instagram at The Real Word Ministries Inc. on Instagram. That's The Real Word Ministries Inc. on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at The Real Word 7 on Facebook. That's The Real Word, the number 7 on Facebook. You can also check us out on The Brick on cable TV. We're on every Tuesday and Thursday. Check your local cable listings. Um, we're on at 1 p.m., 4 p.m., and 12 noon. So check us out. Um, today we got a very special guest. Introduce yourself, brother. Yeah, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Okay, uh, so Andrew John, born and raised in Brooklyn. Uh, you can say uh, I'm an author. I just dropped my second book. Um, it's called Anointed and Struggling. Uh, when people see anointing, but you see struggle. Mm. Um, so I dropped that uh, about a week ago. Uh, you can go to andrewjohnmusic.com. Once again, andrewjohnmusic.com. Uh, it's an awesome ebook. It's only $8.99. Definitely go and support. Um, so uh, I'm an author, I'm a singer, songwriter as well. Uh, I play, uh, play guitar, uh, six string acoustic. Wow. Um, uh, my lovely host here asked if I preach and I say yeah, so I do that <laughs> too. Um, I'm also uh, uh, into marketing and sales, uh, entrepreneurship all around. Um, and my goal is not only to make Jesus famous, uh, but also to uh, help push people forward into their purpose and let them know that it is possible. Wow. Um, so you have a book called Strugg Struggling in Your Anointment? So it's, uh, it's called Anointed and Struggling. Anointed, Anointed and, and Struggling. Sorry about that. So a lot of people, even young people, people that are called to preach, you know, they feel like they're anointed, but they still have their struggles. And the fact that they're still struggling, a lot of the youth feel like the fact that they are still struggling um, with, you know, the flesh, a lot of them feel like they're not good enough to, to serve in the church or good enough for God, ironically, as it may sound. And they use that as an excuse to stop them from doing a lot of things in church. Like, what do you think about that? Um, so, uh, so the book actually got inspired. Uh, I was a part of a church, uh, shout outs to, uh, the Excelling Church in Queens, New York. Um, uh, awesome pastor, Jarrell Solomon, uh, awesome people, beautiful people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he had asked me to, uh, do a course on spiritual gifts in his church. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, cool. No problem. Um, and so I started to ask people, Hey, you know what, what interests you about spiritual gifts and things like that. And people gave their responses. Um, but then when I said, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to go from theory to practical application where what we learn in the course, we're going to actually start doing, uh, in the public sphere. Um, a lot of people's responses changed because they started to realize, okay, wait, you, I, I'm called to reach people. Like I can't just reach people in this little bubble. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you're, you're going to actually do what Jesus did. Wow. Then it became, you know what? I'm not good enough. You know what? Like I got this in my life that I'm not fixed yet. I got that in my life. That's not fixed yet. Um, I still get angry sometimes. I still, whatever the issue is. And I started to look at that and I say, wow, I'd be surprised, or I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if 95% of people don't step into their God-given calling and ability because they're so focused on the areas that they haven't gotten it right yet. That's just like the parable um, from the book of Matthew about the talents, right? About the guy that got five talents, the other guy got, I think, two talents, and the other guy got one talent. And the one with the one, he buried it. And he was like, okay, this is what you do with it. I feel like a lot of youth, they feel like they have to be perfect when they start um, preaching or performing or ministering or whatever it is that they may do. Because once they get in front of everyone, they feel like everyone is judging them. And regardless if you're perfect, they're going to judge you regardless. But I think they use that as an excuse to hold them back. And when they use that excuse to hold them back, I always use the example of people from the Bible. You know, yeah. how God used a whole bunch of people that 
weren't perfect at all. A lot of them were broken. A lot of them had their own problems and their own faults. And yet God still used them while they were still broken. The, 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 the issue is that, especially like being young, um, I, I think we're like around the same age. I'm 31. Yeah, I'm 31. Okay, cool. Perfect. The main issue is this. Individuals cannot become what they've never seen. True. Right? So if I haven't seen my elders practice transparency, mm. whereby I can know, okay, you know what? I may deal with a little, I don't know, let, 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 drinking, let's say. Mm-hmm. Let's use that for example. Um, if 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 I'm struggling, right, and, and I take a little sip here or there, and I feel condemned, and, and, and I feel like I can't come before God or whatever, what would help me is if I knew that the same elders that I looked up to mm-hmm. was like, yo, when I was your age, I dealt with the same thing. I dealt with the same things. Yeah. And so I feel like if that was the reality, it'd be less people feeling condemned and more people being like, well, if you struggled just like I struggled and you were able to get to where you got then there's hope for me too I think the the, the problem not only is there lack of transparency um, but also individuals assuming that God has this standard for them that God has not set for them I, I would say the establishment of church has set that false standard for them as in like the people that that's trying to hold you to that standard are not even holding themselves to that standard. Mm-hmm. And I personally, I did not really know this until I started moving up in the ranks at church, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I came from being a regular member. Well, there's no regular members, no disrespect. Um, I came from <laughs> being a person with no position to, yeah, you know, yeah. being a deacon, you know, first as a servant of the church, um, to being... Um, ordained as a deacon, to being um, youth leader, AY leader, um, to being chaplain, and to being elder, you know? And now that I'm part of this executive branch, you really get to hear and see these people for who they really are. And you're like, wow, like some of these people are worse than whatever we (laughs) thought they were. Than I thought, yeah. Yeah, and then you're sitting across from these people and you're like, wow, like how I'm supposed to look at you after this committee meeting. You understand it? It's, it's kind of hard. It's, if anyone's watching him from the committee meeting, he apologizes. Man. Uh, <laughs> I don't offer no apologies. <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, like that's why now with my ministry, I try to be as transparent as I can. I tell these kids, like, yeah, yeah, I've been locked up a few times. Yeah, I, I've gone through certain things. Yeah, I struggled with um, certain things growing up, like, you know, fornication, addiction, things of that nature. And I think a lot of people struggle with those things. Even till this day, there's still people struggling with and those things. And that's the issue, like, people fail to realize that some of the things you named, mm-hmm. the ministers are still struggling with. Exactly. And I don't say that in a way that's condemning. No. Right? I don't say that in a way to condemn, but I say it in a way to be like, hey, your lack of transparency or the lack of honesty is shutting the doors to people behind them. Exactly. Because they have this form of godliness, as the word says, or uh, uh, individuals have them on this pedestal. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, that's not your life. Like, just no, be it's not. honest. It's not. Um, just, just keep it real. And so I think once there's able to be transparency and honesty, I think you'll find a lot more people saying, okay. And here's another issue. What's that? It's individuals false sense of perfection also gives people a wrong image of god and a wrong image of jesus but that's what fear is false Mm -hmm. expectations affecting reality Mm -hmm. and people subjugate to that and what do people fear more than god so whenever someone wants to manipulate you they're like god this god that god this and sometimes that person's broken themselves the thing that people don't realize is most time people don't read their bible so they don't understand jesus struggled and in the book of Matthew, I believe Matthew 25 or 26, when he's on the on the night leading to his crucifixion, mm-hmm. he's speaking to God and he's praying, he's praying, he's praying while all his disciples are sleeping in their, you know, they, in their own things. And he's yeah, he's trying to wake up Peter and he's like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, yo, the flesh is willing. I mean, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Stay in yeah. prayer, stay in prayer. Yeah. And Peter's here sleeping, and then he prays to God because that's the only person he has left. 
And he's like, Father, if it be thy will, take this bitter cup away from me. Take, take this bitter cup from me if it be thy will. And he keeps praying, keeps praying, keeps praying. He's going around, and he's telling the, the rest of his disciples to pray. And he's telling them what's going to happen. And they're, and they're looking at him like, you're bugging. Like, oh, we don't even know what you're talking about. And then eventually, like, he succumbs to his struggle. And he's like, if it's your will, if, if the only way to get rid of this cup is for me to drink from it, then that's what I will do. You understand? Which means I'm going to accept whatever comes after this, you know, in order for a prophecy to be fulfilled. So I'm going to take the whippings. I'm going to take the beating. I'm going to take the scrutiny. I'm going to take the false accusations. I'm going to take... Um, being crucified and being on the cross next to thieves because this is what I'm supposed to do, you know? So imagine that, knowing that you're about to die, knowing that you're about to go through all these things and you're praying for your father to take this away from you and your father like, no. So you have to deal with it, you know? And that's with us. We're dealing with our struggles every single day, but every single day we got to wake up and go out to the world and still do what we got to do. We still got bills. We still got bills to pay. We still got kids to feed. We still got responsibilities. So regardless if you want to do it or not, we have to drink from the cup in order for it to go away. <laughs> of course, and, 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 and in the book, the, the, the passage of scripture that I basically used um, to write the book is uh, uh, John 21, I believe, uh, either John 20 or John 21. Uh, but Jesus' interaction with Peter uh, when he sees Peter again after he rose from the dead. And what you find in that story is that Jesus pulls up on Peter. Jesus doesn't even remind Peter of what he did. So you would think, okay, cool. If Jesus is going to see Peter, he's going to remind him, hey, you, 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 you deny me three times, you ran away, you blah 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 blah. But Jesus goes out of his way, right? The Bible says that uh, the the disciples see Jesus on the shore. G, uh, uh, Peter hops out the boat and swims to Jesus. By the time he gets to Jesus, Jesus already has food cooking and waiting them. It's like waiting for them. Then, as they sit down, he just goes straight to Peter and he's like, hey, do you love me? And Peter's like, yeah. No, 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 do you love me? Yeah, do you love me? Yo, Jesus, like, you know I love you. Like, why would you ask this question? Okay, cool. Like, go feed my sheep. And Jesus, what he's doing is realigning his focus and saying, hey, like, you've wallowed in what you've done wrong long enough. Like, I don't got to remind you. Uh, uh, I, I write this in a book. I'm like, you know, we take the enemy's job, right, whereby we become such an expert at self-condemnation mm -hmm. until the, en the, the, the enemy don't got to remind you that you suck because you're telling yourself that you exactly. suck. Exactly, every day. <laughs> and so because that's the issue, of course you're not going to step out because not only are you focused on your own condemnation, but you don't realize that you're loved more than you think you are. And you assume or the individual assumes that God is in heaven replaying the wrongdoings that you've done. When the truth of the matter is, all of that was put on Jesus. And so because all of that is put on Jesus, the Bible says that we're now the righteousness of God in Christ. So he's looking at you through Christ's righteousness. So it's like, if, if, if God is not condemning you, stop condemning yourself. Yeah. Stop blaming yourself. But we live in a society with people with like big egos and low self-esteem. And I think that's where that's we... Good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a teacher. Big ego, low self-esteem. Yeah, and I think that's where we are with it. And I think that's why you see a lot of these people, like, they so focused on the social media. They so focused on the likes. They so focused on these other things. They're so focused on validation from other people instead yeah. of working on themselves and trying to figure out who they are and how they can fix the issues that they have with themselves. And I think people misconstrued the whole idea of church, and they... And they're more focused on the business and the appearance instead of the spirituality. You understand? Because everyone in church is broken. The only difference is they're showing up. The only difference I feel like sometimes between people that go to church and don't go to church is just the building. It's just the attendance. Because mm -hmm. there's some people that don't go to church that could be more spiritual than a person that goes to church every single week. Because you go to church every week out of tradition, out of something that has become normalized, that has become your reality. Mm -hmm. So in your mind, you don't know any different reality. That's so you do it religiously. Mm -hmm. That's like if I want to wear um, black boxers every day. And I'm like, yo, I'm sticking with these black <laughs> boxers every day. This is what I'm about. I've been doing yeah. it my whole life. My dad wore black boxes. I'm going to wear black boxes. When my son comes of age, he's wearing these black boxes. That's just what it's going to be. He don't know nothing else. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of kids growing up right now in the church. They don't know nothing else. And that's why 
they have been subjugated to all these rules and regulations and that's all they know but they don't really know the love of God bro I, I so um, like I was saying before I went to Nyack College right in uh, uh, August of 2006 if you know Nyack shout out to y'all if you're a student at Nyack shout out to you love you okay so um, uh, mind you born and raised in church my whole life I've done my ministry I've done choir I've done usher I've done special selection, part of youth group, youth camp, all of it. I got to uh, I got to college, and within five days of me being in college, I had my first experience with the Holy Spirit, where God uh, saved me himself, where th there was a tangible difference between before that moment and after that moment. And I remember coming back home and being like, yo, mom, the God that I'm learning about right now is that the God that you hid from me this whole time? And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, I've gotten more in my relationship with God dressed in my hoodie and my sweats than I ever have coming to church. And that is not to say that what was going on was wrong, but what that is to say is that the way that our parents and those before us learned about God, served God, worshiped God, it has to look completely different for us because we're in different times. The message that they got, which was like, okay, do right or you're gonna go to hell. You go outside and you tell somebody that they're gonna suck their teeth. We in hell right now. <laughs> and they're gonna walk past you. So not not only the not only has uh, uh, the, the, the messaging has to be a bit different, but the methodology has to be different as well. Whereby, you know what I'm saying, you you can you you can uh, uh, cut up an apple and give it to an adult, but you gotta mash that same apple down and give it to a child. Mm -hmm. It's both of it is an apple; it's just coming in different uh, oh, sure. in, in different forms. And I think once, as far as, as as old school church, like getting stuck in that old school format, um, it, it, it 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 makes individuals lose faith in the appearance of God and it's boring. Just like, it is, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I could agree with that. Um, we hear that a lot from a lot of young people that it has gotten boring. I feel like it's not relatable in a sense because the people that's delivering the message is not making it relatable. Yeah. As in, just like you said, you could give them the same food but you feed it to them different. And I think that's what it is. I think what the cliche, but with the real word ministry, we give you the real word as in we apply the word of God to the real world around us and we bring it to life. Like one thing I usually do is I compare myself in real time to the people in the Bible. You know, one of the things I did was I compared myself to Joseph in the Bible about his struggles and things that he went through with um, people in his family and how he overcame that to become who he became. And I preached on that one time. And I think when you do it from that point of view, when you make yourself vulnerable, it's, it's almost like you're taking the cross when you take the pulpit. Mm -hmm. So that you're like, okay, if, if anything, I know you're struggling and I'm struggling, I know you have your issues and you don't wanna talk about your issues, but let me talk about my issues and maybe you can get inspired from it, you know? And I'm, I'm gonna tell the world how I'm working through these issues. Um, I'm, I'm working through these struggles and I'm still willing to testify. Not that I'm perfect, but I'm willing to try. Oh, I'm willing to change. If if you look at the word, uh, one of the greatest evangelists was the woman at the well, mm -hmm. right? The, the, the Bible says uh, that Jesus and her have a conversation, and she, she 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 then after the conversation runs and says, "Come see a man that's told me everything that I've ever done. Uh, uh, could this be?" the Messiah, like, could this be the one that we've been waiting for? Mm -hmm. um, the, the, there's strength in your woundedness, like, there's strength in the fact that you're wounded, um, but because uh, uh, church culture, um, unfortunately, historically, has focused more so on the appearance of godliness, or uh, uh, seeming godly, or seeming, like, 
like individuals have everything together, mm-hmm. we fail to allow Jesus into the hard parts of our life that we don't want people to go to. Yeah. When the truth of the matter is, those parts that you're hiding from people are the very same parts that God wants to infiltrate. Exactly. And yeah. it's the very same parts uh, uh, that God wants to make home. Like, hey, if you're dealing with depression, why? Okay, you got a mommy issue, you got a daddy issue, you got a neglect issue, you got a rejection issue. Okay, instead of hiding that, no, 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 expose that to me because that's where your healing is going to come from. Your healing is not going to come from hiding it. Mm. Your healing is going to come from when you expose it and allow the light of Jesus to shine shine in that area. It's almost like Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. It's like you can't tackle the problem unless you admit that you got a problem. Unless you keep it a buck. <laughs> like, just keep it real. Like, yo, I like the bottle. Okay, thank you. Now that you've said you like the bottle, now we can now we can handle this. Now we can work on this. Um, shout out to Garnetta. Um, she said, good night. Interesting topic, guys. Thank you. Shout out to you. Um, and shout out to everybody that's watching. Shout out to everybody that's supporting. Um, don't forget that we have a turkey drive coming on the 23rd of this month. Um, if you could donate, donate to the GoFundMe. It's gonna be the link is gonna be in the description. Um, you could also donate on our website www.therealwordministriesinc.org. That's therealwordministriesinc.org. Um, last year we did about 200 turkeys. Um, because of you guys that helped us to donate this year, we're trying to do a little bit more. But we need your support. So if you can donate to the GoFundMe, um, we're called the Real World Ministries. We're verified on PayPal and on GoFundMe as an official 501c3 non-for-profit. So um, everything that you do is tax deductible. You can claim it on your taxes if you want to donate. So just help us out. And, you know, thank you for watching. So in regards to that, right, from writing your book, what gave you the inspiration to start writing a book? Uh, <laughs> um, it was actually my mentor. Uh, shout out to Jerome um, because I am going to send him this link when it's done. Okay. So uh, shout out to you, good bro. I love you. Um, uh, so... He came to me one day and he was like, hey, um, I know you talked to the big homie upstairs. Now, disclaimer, Jerome is not religious, right? Like Jerome would say he's more so spiritual. Jerome doesn't go to church or whatever, but I love him. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, hey, I know that you, uh, you, you talked to the big homie upstairs. That's what he calls God. Um, how do you pray? Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's like a, that's a good question. Though. That's an enormous topic. Mm. Um, like, what do you want to pray for? And so he gave me, um, he, he gave me some things that he was, uh, that he wanted to pray about, that he wanted answers to. Mm. And I said, okay, so here's what you're gonna do: do this, 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 and this, mm-hmm. and get back to me in a week. <laughs> and he said, okay. Uh, he got back to me the next week. And he was like, yo, I got the answers that I was looking for, son. I got the answers that I was looking for. So I said, dope. He said, okay. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna write a book. Before. He told you to write a book. Yeah, he's like, he's like, this is what you're going to do. And I said, well, I've never, I've never written a book before. Wow. He said, perfect, you're going to write a book now. And I said, write a book on what? Mm. He's like, write a book on prayer. I'm like, yo, bro, like, there's a bunch of prayer books for these issues. Like, no, no, you're going to write a book that's like prayer 101 for dummies. Mm. I was like, okay. And he's like, just imagine that you're writing the book for me. Mm. I said, okay, cool. Uh, when do I have to have this done? And he goes, when do you think you can finish it? <laughs> How? He's like, no, no, no. Figure it out, but I'm keeping you at a four-week deadline. Wow. And sure enough, every morning uh, in the summer, um, I did it in July of 2016. Um, every day for four weeks, I woke up, uh, except uh, except Saturday and Sunday. Um but every day I woke up, I walked to uh, the Dunkin' Donuts. Um, I live in Crown Heights, so I walked uh, to the Dunkin' Donuts in my area mm-hmm. and wrote every morning for three hours straight. Wow. Just wrote it and boom, put it out. Dedication. And how has it been received by the people thus far? Uh, it was good. Um, for, for me, I didn't see myself then mm-hmm. as a career author as much as I do now. Cause you're on your second book now. Yeah, like I just like I just dropped my second book. So at first it was kind of one of those things that was like, okay, let me do this and just see what happens. Like let me just yeah. write it and see what happens. 
Um, so I wrote it, and then I went through the process of getting it self-published. So I self-published it. Wow. Um, once I looked on Amazon and saw the margin that Amazon was giving individuals for their book, I was like, yeah, no. Uh, wow. I'm going to sell it myself because Amazon will straight up take like 60%. Wow. And just like look you in the face. So for a lot of people... But why they charge 60? Because of their marketing or because of their platform? Or you're paying for the name. Oh, okay. Like you're paying just to be able to say that you're on Amazon. So what you'll find is a lot of people will be like, okay, great, I got a book and it's on Amazon, go buy it. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, I sold 100 copies. Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, well, how much is your book? Okay, my book is $15. You're really only leaving, let's say your book is 15 bucks, mm-hmm. you're really only leaving with like $7. Wow. If you put it on Amazon. So on Amazon, it's about, uh, and I know whoever's watching, if you're an author, if you're an author or an aspiring author, this is like gems for you. Um, so because Amazon is taking so much of a cut, mm-hmm. on Amazon, it's about quantity. Oh, okay. So it's about the amount that you're able to sell. Yeah, so unless you're going through a publisher or you have an established marketing strategy already, mm-hmm. The best way to do it is straight to consumer. Mm. So Amazon, what a lot of people don't know, uh, Amazon bought out a company called CreateSpace. CreateSpace was a subsidiary of Amazon. So Amazon owned it, but Amazon didn't absorb the company, if that makes sense. Mm. And what CreateSpace allowed you to do was you would send your manuscript to them, Mm -hmm. and then they would, one, put it on Amazon for you, and two, you would be able to buy your book at wholesale price from them. So you buy your own book, you say? So I'll, I'll break it down. So you submit the manuscript. Oh, okay. You submit the words, but they print it, and then you can buy it exactly. to sell. Exactly. Okay, so what okay. I did was I submitted the manuscript, mm-hmm. and then uh, was able to buy it from them at wholesale because they were the ones that were doing the printing. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's say I would order fifty books. I would get these fifty books for $2.50 a pop. Mm. Then what I would do is through my website, I'd flip it for 20. Oh, okay, okay. So I want to make sure like I'm getting as much of my money as possible. So um, I did- uh, But do they sell some of your books too? Through uh, Amazon? No, through the other website. CreateSpace? Yeah. Yeah, if they, they, there's a link and people can buy it from CreateSpace, but, but and they, they were still getting a cut is what I'm saying. Do you still get a cut from CreateSpace? Oh, of course. Okay, okay, cool. And you get a cut off Amazon still too. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what I did. Was I'm guessing the cut is better through CreateSpace, or how, how does it work? It's the same. Amount. I mean, so 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 CreateSpace doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Amazon absorbed it. So, but that's the self-publishing arm of Amazon if you choose to. So you can um, self-publish through them, and they uh, also link you to Kindle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made sure the first time that it was like, no, like I am, uh, uh, I want to sell my book because. Once I looked at the numbers, the numbers just didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So um, I sold a physical copy, then I made an audio version, and then I also sold my manuscript as an ebook. Oh wow! So which one is the most profitable, the ebook, the the words, or the hardcover? Um, that depends on which one. Yeah. And it depends on the look that you want to have. So. Um, uh, one of the things that my mentor always taught me mm-hmm. was to study the market that you're in and don't try to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. So uh, if, 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 if it's like Kobe Bryant going to the league and not studying Jordan, it's like, no, 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 you're the best here. Yeah. So I'm going to literally look at every single thing that you're doing and break down every single thing that you're doing. Um, so what I would say is regardless of what route you want to take, whether it is audiobooks, whether it is uh, ebooks or physical copies, mm-hmm. the most profitable is where you can have margins that are extremely low, but make sure that you get it direct to consumer. So, for example, uh, Anointed and Struggling. Mm-hmm. I paid nothing to make the book, it mm-hmm. cost me nothing. Why? Because I'm doing everything on Google Docs. Okay. Right? I'm doing everything on Google Docs. Then, after I'm done with the Google Docs document, I'm taking it and converting it to a PDF. Oh, okay. Now, because I taught myself digital marketing, and I taught myself how to make flyers and all that stuff, I made the book cover myself. Wow. 
on my cell phone wow. while I was like in the bath. <laughs> right? So after you do that, you put that together. Mind you, I haven't spent any money. Yeah. I also taught myself how to uh, website build. Wow. So I create websites. So I created my own site on Wix. You guys better cut me a check for this. Uh, if, Wix, <laughs> if you see this. So um, created my own site on Wix, attached my PayPal, boom, boom, boom. I still haven't spent any cash. And then once I go on social media, I let my following know, hey, I got this new book, blah, blah, blah. The only money that I've spent, well, I wouldn't even call it spending, I mean, besides like the ads on Facebook that I've ran, mm-hmm. um, is the fact that when people buy the book, PayPal takes like 40 cents. Oh, okay. And I keep the rest of it. Wow. Wow, that's great. So now you have passive income coming in. That's the way, my friend. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, so besides that, like, what, what else do you do besides an author? So um, uh, not only that, uh, but I do worship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I sing. Uh, I've been on uh, two personal music tours before. Wow. And how was that, being on tour? Uh, it was great. Um, so I was a part of a band uh, at one point called uh, Ignite. Ignite Ministries? Uh, so it was called Ignite Band. Okay. Uh, we were a part of a movement in Staten Island. Um, so we had a, a, a few bandmates, and the music that we created and played was kind of like Hillsong, kind of like you know contemporary Christian music. Okay. And the issue that we were having, and I'm giving you like a whole backstory. Wait, when, when you say contemporary Christian music, like what do you mean by? So, uh, like Hillsong, if you've heard of Hillsong. No, no. You have not heard no. of Hillsong, okay. Uh, what's a famous uh, song that you've probably heard? What's Hillsong? <laughs> what's that? Huh? What's Hillsong? What is that? So, Hillsong is the name of a church. Oh, okay. Uh, and then they're most famous for their music. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, have you heard the song of Reckless Love? Reckless? Sing it, let me see. Uh, I did not plan on singing when I came here. Okay. <laughs> well, you sing though. You told me you sing. Um, uh, I may sound terrible, but it is what it is. Uh, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Yeah, right. You heard that? Yeah, okay, yeah, of course. That was like a five-second snippet of me singing. Okay. So, sing, <laughs> so, um, so, so, Hillsong is a band. They didn't create that particular song, mm-hmm. but they created songs like that. Oh, okay, like, okay. In that sphere. So we like did. our God is greater, our God is our God is higher than any other. Exactly. Yeah, so those kind of songs. Okay. Um, so you. we were a band that did that. I was uh, I was a lead singer. I was also a singer uh, with my sister Liz. Shout out to Liz. Uh, awesome, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal vocalist. Um, and the issue that we were having mm-hmm. was that even though we were good, no one knew about us, so we weren't getting booked anymore. Outside of the events that we were doing in the church, that we okay, were at. and so I took it for myself. I typed in uh, DIY touring on the internet. What's DIY? Uh, DIY. So do it yourself. Oh, okay, okay. So do it yourself touring, just to see you know um, what would come up. Mm-hmm. I ran into a podcast with a woman uh, named Shannon Curtis out in Cali, mm. and she was talking about this concept of house concerts. Wow. So I was like house concert like so I looked into it and uh, she wrote a book called literally the name of the book was titled house concerts how I the book was titled how I made $25,000 in a summer singing in people's living rooms wow that was the name of the book so she sold it on her website for five bucks so I bought it and it was literally step by step breaking down how she got into people's homes with her music mm. and now was able to make a living where she literally every year fiscally brings in about 250 grand wow touring and doing her music her original music from people's either living rooms garage a uh, 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 backyard wherever they'd have her like she literally dove into her fan base mm. and turned them into stops on a tour for her. Mm. Yeah, we, we were thinking about bringing the Real Word show on on the road, as in like doing it in different places. Like we thought about maybe doing it like maybe a Friday night at a church or maybe doing it on the streets. And But, you know, we, we never haven't gotten around to that dynamic, but I think that would build a bigger Bro. following. 
there's podcasts that do that right now. Yeah. That like they set up shop in like a location. Yeah. And then they'll say to one of their fans, hey, like, where should we pull up that? Yeah. Oh, pull up over here. Okay, cool. And then not only do they sell tickets, but they give giveaways and like there's a whole world that does that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Black Conscious community. Um, there's a guy called Brother Rich. He he has a podcast called um, Black Magic Three Six Five or Three Six Three. No, I don't know. Okay, so they from Harlem and they do it on the streets. Usually they on um One Twenty Fifth and Lexington, so they stand on the corner and they do it and they talk about conscious community and things that's going on in the neighborhood. And that's how he built up his following. And then. While the while they're recording, people walk by and they jump in the camera. And he's uh-huh. talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I always thought that that was dope. Like it's a dope way to like reach the people and to really, you know, um, I guess get to know them and let them to get to know you. One of the things that I learned, and like I said, I I, I toured twice already. The first tour was called "Here's My Heart." Um, I did uh, uh, eight homes. Um, the second tour was called Chasing the Fire. Um, the first tour, I was only in the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second tour, I was able to reach uh, all the way down to a college in Tennessee. Wow. Um, just li- just organically, just like straight organic. Um, because we live in a day and age of like just all about social media, there is still a very, very personal touch that people like miss out on, mm-hmm. but they love and that they need. So whenever you're able to create an environment where people can intimate like they can feel you like they can know you personally um not only does it create uh, organic buzz but it also uh, allows people to buy into you the person like not a concept of you but buy into you your story and what you're trying to do yeah i think that would be dope i think we should start doing that i think that would be dope listen if you guys want the real word on tour make sure you let this man know yeah. Make sure you leverage it now, And of course, guys, don't forget to donate to the GoFundMe and or donate on our website, www.therealwordministriesinc.org. That's therealwordministriesinc.org. Um, the links will be in the description for you guys to donate to the um, the turkey giveaway. So we're trying to give over 200 families free turkeys for this Thanksgiving um, season for those that cannot afford it. I know most of you guys get paid this Friday, so, you know, just... If all you guys give five, give twenty dollars, it should be good, you know. Um, there's 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 over three thousand followers on this public figure page. You times that by twenty, that's a good amount. Even the five thousand from my regular page, you guys could give twenty, ten dollars, you know, that'll be a good amount. It'll just reach in your pockets. You already seen our track record is proven. So just we just ask you guys for support. Um, going into current events, right? Um, we all see this thing that's going on with the chaos. I said KFC. What the Popeyes? <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Shout out to KFC. <laughs> with the um, with, with the Popeyes chicken, you know. Yeah. And I actually went um last week, and I stood online, and the line was around. It went around the store a few times, and it went outside, and I'm well, like. You didn't go to the right one. There's a KFC. Uh, uh, Popeyes. <laughs> uh, there's a Popeyes. Uh, I think it's Flatlands. Yeah. Popeyes, <laughs> Flatlands. The KFC and Flatlands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to the Popeyes on Flatlands. Uh, wasn't a lot of people, but I also went during a time of day. Uh, went around like like three thirty or something like that. Mm-hmm. Got their chicken sandwich. Yeah, I think some people are saying that they feel like that's a social experiment and that it was predicted in the boondocks where they were selling chicken and people was going crazy, and they were saying that if the the government wanted to administrate some form of drug or like maybe they wanted to run experiments on people, the easiest way that they could have did it was put it into the chicken. What do you think about that? <laughs> One, I've never heard that before. Uh, two, shout out to the conspiracy theorists. Yeah, shout out um, to them. I mean, black people like chicken. Exactly. <laughs> like it's too easy, right? Um, I don't, I don't know if I, if I think anything specifically about that. Mm. I think one people should eat healthy. That's number one. Mm. Number two, uh, um, I think what will ultimately separate a Popeyes from a Chick Fil A mm-hmm. is customer service. 
Yeah, and Chick-fil-A has the religious background into it, right? Bro, I remember I uh, last week, so I um, I drive back and forth from D.C., okay. right? And um, I was coming home from D.C. last weekend, and I said, you know, I'm going to stop by Chick-fil-A. It's like the middle of the day. Let me, you know, um, uh, get something to eat. Mm-hmm. The line was stretched around the block, as always. Wow. Um, and so I drive up to... Uh, to the place where they take my order and the lady came on and said good afternoon welcome to chick-fil-a how may i serve you today and i said yo you just for you saying how can you serve me i will buy 20 chicken sandwiches like your customer service is literally impeccable whereas you walk them into a popeyes and they're like yo what you want like, what you here for? A sandwich? Ah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think um, I'm so, a hood fill. Yeah, yeah. So, so ultimately, um, ultimately, customer service um, is going to be what separates the two. I do think that Chick-fil-A has the better tasting Chicken. Uh, sandwich. Wow. Uh, I don't know if it's because Jesus put his hand on the chicken. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's because of the community service. Um, but I think, like any fad, I think the the more mature brand and the brand that really makes the customer feel welcomed, uh, it's gonna last. Yeah, and of course. That's Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I think, I, I think Chick-fil-A has a lot of positive reviews. Um, I, I would say the only negative they have is obviously um, the religious factor and people of the alphabet community feel like they're pushed out of that situation. <laughs> the first time I heard the term the alphabet, alphabet people uh, or alphabet community was uh, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, uh, Dave of Chappelle special. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I was like, Dixon Sticks and stones. Listen, if you are from the LGBTQ, love you guys. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, besides that, um, there's a lot of impeachment talks going on about Donald J. Trump. Honestly, I don't feel like he's going to get impeached. I think this is just zealous people that's putting on a show for the Listen, media. Donald Trump, okay. Mm. I might get in trouble for what I'm about to say. Mm. I am not a Kanye West. I did not vote for him. Okay. Uh, Kanye didn't vote for him either. He don't vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You will not see me in a MAGA hat. You will not see me in a red cap anytime soon. Mm. Uh, bring back the red cap. Anyway, um, number one. Donald Trump is not going to be impeached. Number two, Donald Trump is most likely going to have a second term. Of course. And it's not a lot of Democrats that could be him anyway. Um, three, I think, and I know because history tells us Donald Trump is a salesman. Yeah, of course. When he was running, can you remember one policy besides the wall that he said he was going to do? No, he just kept saying, make America great again. We're upset. We got to make America great again. Let's build what this wall. Did, what he did was, it's like, yo, uh, 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 Donald Trump, what are you going to do? Listen, and, and, and he would literally go something like this. Listen, there's tons of things I'm going to do. <laughs> tons of great things. There's great tons things. of great things that I'm going to do. Awesome things. Phenomenal things. Phenomenal <laughs> things that I'm going to do. But before <laughs> I tell you about the things that I'm going to do, we can't focus about the things that I'm going to do when we're not talking about the main issue here, and it's the fact that you let somebody break into your computer. How could you let somebody do that? Explain that to you. <laughs> and every single time, he would deflect to the people that's on the panel, and you get caught up in an argument where, where it's like, well, yeah, the, the, he, 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 somebody did break into his, her, her, her thing. And but then if you were to go, okay, name one thing that he's going to do correct for the nation. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just mad at them. Yeah. Um, not only that, but he also paid a uh, 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 um, uh, marketing company over $7 million in England to create false ads uh, to force the American voters. If you don't believe me, uh, watch The Great Hack on Netflix. Mm. Wow. No, I mean, that's that's proven that, like, he, he, he paid a lot of people. They even said that he used Russian bots, you know, to create all this other stuff that they say that he did. But 
that's what politics is, my man. Like some people used to do it by by foot, you know, knocking on doors, saying vote for me, campaigning against the other person, door for door. Other people did like smear campaigns where they did the commercials. This person did this or that. Is this the person you want to vote yeah. for? <laughs> you know, he was just smart enough to know it's online now. And he's yeah, I, I don't online. think politics is a bad thing because at the end of the day, like, just to be super practical, like yeah. everybody got the same twenty four hours. Of course, right? So you may need, you know, you're 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 married. You have children. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking about the fact that. When I'm driving home, the road outside of my door is bumpy and my children are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And even if you do care about it, because you have your regular nine to five, mm-hmm. you need someone in position that can care about those things. Yeah, of course. That's where the politician yeah. comes into play. Where it's like, okay, what, 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 what moves do I have to make? What trees do I have to shake down? to make sure that you as a constituent or you uh, 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 as a voter or a follower get the road paved that you need or that's necessary in order for you to feel comfortable. Um, The problem becomes when you're only making 50 grand and the person up the block makes 100 grand Mm -hmm. and puts 50 grand in their pocket. Like, no, 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 focus on my road. (laughs) Then that's when it becomes filthy and that's when politics gets really, really diluted. Um, and at the end of the day, the point is the betterment of the people. Shout out to the Koch brothers. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> like, black people just not up on that super pack thing, you know? Where, like, you know, a bunch of rich people could come together, put money into a pot, then create a not for profit that's going to donate the money to the um, candidate, and then they wash their money like that, and they get a tax break at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They call it super pack. And at the end of the day, I feel like we were lost in regards to politics. Like, because everything that's around us is controlled by politics. You know, it's just that we just don't think about it that way. We're like, oh yeah, it's the man that's keeping me down. It's the government that's keeping me down. But you have the, you have the power to put a certain man in there for you, you know? Bro, first off, America was not built for the African-American. It wasn't, it was built by the black African, by it was built by the African American for someone else. For exactly, so that's number one. Number two, have you seen the documentary The Thirteenth? The Thirteenth, yes, I did. So, <laughs> uh, 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 from the time of the ab- ab- of uh, abolition of slavery yeah. up until now, since you listen, if you haven't watched documentary. Watch get a Netflix account or steal somebody's Netflix account. Do whatever you gotta do. To You're only free account. until you commit a crime then you become a slave again. That part. So, <laughs> um, we were never meant to be involved or introduced in anything mm. that has to do with legislation and lawmaking in the American society. We wasn't supposed to be able to read in American society. Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> You get killed for reading a sign. Unless you were a deacon or a reverend, and even in those days, you were still reading a warped version of the Bible exactly. anyway that perpetuated slavery. Shout out to Nate Turner. Nat Turner. <laughs> That's a. Listen, I saw the. Let me park the car. Uh, I saw the movie Harriet. It's a phenomenal movie. Very, very inspirational. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, it's the story of Harriet Tubman, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Is it theaters? Right oh, now. Okay, cool, cool. Did a phenomenal job. Um, so, because we were originally supposed to be left out, there's going to be a certain level of knowledge and resource that, unfortunately, we're not as privy to because we don't have it in our immediate surroundings. Yeah, of course. I feel like blacks are now getting up on, right now, you see all the blacks talking about, oh, fix your credit, buy real estate. Fix your credit, buy real estate, go to school, get an education. Like, like the other side is laughing at us. Like, brother, you two hundred years behind. Like, you now catching course. up to this? <laughs> of course, of course, of course. And, 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 and that's why mentorship is so important. Mm-hmm. Not only is mentorship important, but getting in environments where people are better than you. Mm-hmm. I think if you are the biggest fish in your pond, then you're in the wrong pond. Exactly. Like you're supposed to be the small fish in a big pond. And for me, one of the things or one of the experiences that really, really opened my eyes, 
after I graduated from college for three months I was doing off Broadway acting because mm-hmm. I felt like I was going to be like the next Tyler Perry right so <laughs> in college I wrote two plays from scratch wow. uh, did the whole uh, uh, auditioning process you know directed it produced it wrote it played in it did everything myself um, but I Obviously, at the end of the day, uh, doing gigs for free is not going to pay the bills, and yeah. it's definitely not going to pay back your student loans. Of course. So, shout outs to you guys that are still doing student loans, like PPM. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I uh, I got a job doing sales on Wall Street, mm-hmm. and I remember the boss in the company. He was thirty years old, blonde hair, blue eyes, dude. His name was Bart. Um, Bart. <laughs> Yeah, shout yeah. to the Simpsons. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Bart. You know what I'm saying? I love you. Um, <laughs> Bart was 30 years old and already a million. Wow. How? Sales. Okay. Wow. wow. He's, he, he, he sold enough for a million dollars. What was he selling? Uh, so the firm that we worked for, uh, we were literally going business to business for the highest bidder. So whoever would pay us the most money. Okay, so so once they pay you the high money, then you sell whatever they want you to sell? Uh-huh. Okay, So cool. if they had the bigger bag, mm-hmm. and it was like, yo, listen, yesterday you was working for Staples. Okay, great. Today we're selling brooms. Why are we selling brooms? Because they're paying us $1,000 a broom. Wow. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember Bart one day. Now, mind you, um, I don't think he heard me. I don't think he realized that I was listening to his conversation. Wow. But he said to me, not he said to me, but he was like joking amongst like other managers in the office. A fly in the wall. Yeah. yeah. And he said something like, this was, this isn't a verbatim quote, but he said something in this realm, something in the world of, I would never be a Christian because those people always broke. Wow. And mind you, I'm just a fly on the wall. But I hear this, and I'm like, he's never heard of the prosperity gospel, huh? <laughs> Shout out to some TDJ's Club Full Dollar. <laughs> right, Peter Popoff. Okay. Um, and but 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 that did something to me when I started to realize how much knowledge does my community really have? Not much. If you were to go to your average church or community center and take the average tax return or take the tax return of everybody in there Mm. and count up an average, you'll probably find that the average is between thirty and Mm $45,000 out of working class. Yeah. Then you got to ask yourself, if you're only bringing in 30 grand, how much do you know and how much don't you know? Then. Once I started to understand that, my mentor that's talked about drawing, he started giving me books to read, started feeding me books, reading me books, reading me books. And it started to open my eyes to, yo, we are genuinely not afforded the resources and the knowledge that we need in order to make it happen. Mm-hmm. To where we can walk into a business and get a business plan. Yeah. And break it down. Okay, is this going on with your business? This is going wrong with your business. This is going wrong with your business. Okay, what do we need to do? Uh, people are walking around and don't know what a profits and loss analysis is. They don't know what a break even is. Right? They they they, they don't they, they they don't know or understand strategic marketing. Yeah. Uh, 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 they don't know what a financial analysis is. Yeah. Like there's like they don't they, even they, know analytics. Right. Like there's a certain level of knowledge that aren't had simply because we don't have the right individuals in our circle. That's why I say that your net worth is based on your network. I mean, I feel like most recently because of the 501c3, we've been networking with more people, you know, getting in these rooms, getting to know more people, but we have to tackle it from a charity point of view in order for people to even listen. But then that puts us as the under table, almost like the bottom feeders. Hey, like we're here, help us, like you know, we're we're begging for charity, literally. Here's what business has taught me: the people mm-hmm. that put the stamp of approval on you is the public. Mm. The people let them know who to listen to. Yeah, yeah, of course. The 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 the, the people do it, and I 
think that like at least for me now at 31 what I'm coming to is like whoever they are mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> Sound like DJ Khaled. (laughs) Right. Like, whoever they are, I need the the people. And if I can get good at capturing the hearts and minds of the people and telling my story and and, and getting them to buy into what I'm doing, then at the end of the day, bro, if they don't want you, you're good. Mm. Because, one, you're genuinely making an impact. And, two, the people that can really move and shake for you are going to move and shake for you. Hopefully. God willing. And that's where we're trying to go, man. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. I feel like whenever you're building something or whenever you try and do anything from the ground up, especially without the resources as the WASP, the white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, it is kind of difficult, you know? We don't have daddy's just going to judge, here's a million dollars to invest like Donald Trump, you know? So it's like you you start off in the negative and you're trying to go to a positive while tackling out, out the negative at the same time. Of course, and, 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 and that's why I said earlier, one of the things my mentor taught me is like, study your arena. So when I wanted to go into writing books, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Now mind you, like I was already a writer since I was a kid, but I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. The reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now, I'm slowly building what I'm building now is because there's a minister on social media, and I can, I've never met him in person, but I can tell just by studying social media mm-hmm. and watching what he's doing, like, homeboy is doing. So mm-hmm. I literally, I went to his website, I broke down everything, I bought one of his books, I did okay. A young guy or older guy? let's say say, you know let's say say 30 but but I say all this to say one of the things that my mentor told me he was like uh, if if you're willing to walk into the world Mm -hmm. with your hands open and with your cup empty Mm. your cup will be filled if you're looking for it Mm. like there's wisdom everywhere and because of that I look at myself and I say you know what I have no excuses because everything that I want to do, now mind you, I think I'm a smart guy. I'm no Bill Gates. I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. I'm not about to make the next Facebook. I'm already 31. I'm not thinking about that. However, what I do know, just like what 50 Cent said, they they, they asked him about, um, I think they asked him about uh, 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 vitamin water. And this is an old interview. Like I love watching interviews because you 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 get certain nuggets that, yeah. th- th- that they just drop. Some yeah. people got some from this one. And Fifty Cent said, "I didn't want to be the best in the category. I just wanted my name in the conversation. Mm. Like that's it." But if you look at that, was Fifty Cent the first one to put vitamin water in the market? No, he wasn't. No, just look at the people that did it. Mm and break down every single move. He just made it cool to drink vitamin water. That's it. That's it. And put his name on it. So I think it doesn't matter what you want to do. The truth of the matter is somebody somewhere is already doing it. Mm. And at a high level. Right? So you might probably see them at uh, if, if you're looking at it like from A to Z, if you're looking at it like uh, in a, a linear sense, like in a line, they might already be at Z. They're already pulling in millions of dollars. But the truth of the matter is they started somewhere. Mm. Okay, we got the internet. I'm going to track where they started. I don't, know, I don't care where it is. Did they start in their basement? Did they start like wherever they started? I'm going to find out where they started and then track their progress also taking into account where I am mm-hmm. and taking tangible small steps to get where I need to be. At the end of the day, the door definitely didn't swing forward for them and it's not going to swing forward for me. Yeah, Um. so let me ask you a question. Do you think that from our conversation earlier, do you think I'm putting too much pressure on myself knowing that the nonprofit's only one year old and the show's only two years old? 
or do you think we've done decent for the time so far? I think for what you guys have done, I think you guys have done a phenomenal job. Thank you. First of all, and I think if you guys don't pat yourself on the back enough, you should, mm. because there's probably people that have had the same aspirations that you guys have had mm -hmm. that haven't been able to see the fruit as much as you guys have seen. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, uh, you guys should definitely pat yourself on the back for that. Whenever you put this out, edit some like clapping sounds in the background <laughs> <laughs> and make it you have to clap for them. You know, they yeah. did that. Okay. Um, where I think you guys need to move forward in is like you said, um, a singular vision, mm. like a singular vision. Who are the charities in your space mm -hmm. that are doing what you want to be doing? Mm. Then you study them, even if you can get a meeting with them mm -hmm. and not working like, hey, we trying to do what you're doing, but like, hey, you know, like I'm, I'm doing a study on charities. How did you guys start? Um, everybody at some way, shape, or form is self-centered. Yeah. Meaning, if you walk into a meeting like, hey, I got a pen and paper, just give me 10 minutes and tell me your story. Mm -hmm. They're not going to tell you no. Everybody wants to talk about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So you literally, like you sit down, what's your story? And watch and listen. And they'll probably tell you, hey man, right now, you know what I'm saying? We, perfect example. Uh, I have a friend of mine that works for a charity in Harlem called GOSO. Mm -hmm. Called Get Out, Stay Out. Mm -hmm. I think they just hit, last time I talked to her about it, hit like five million. Wow. For the charity. The charity started out with a guy that used to, now, did he have, did he come from Big Pot? Okay. But, <laughs> yes. But we're just talking about the story behind it, right? What he started doing, he was going to Rikers and tutoring individuals. He was tutoring young men at Rikers. He was a teacher. And what he found was, after these young men started to come out of Rikers, they were still reaching out to him because he built a great relationship with them, but they had nobody to mentor them had no one to tutor them or continue to put them in the right direction. So he started his charity literally on the backs of, hey, I've built relationships with these guys, but I don't have anywhere to put them, you know, a, a job placement. If they need a GED, how can they get plugged back into society uh, and things like that? And then found people that um, shared his passion. Wow. And literally started raising funds from there where he was able to tell his constituents his story um, and then from his passion was able to build a charity that now you know um, has the board of directors and uh, a friend the, the friend of mine that works for them has a master's in social work they pay her 70 grand mm. to do what she does uh, but they have to start somewhere yeah of course yeah um, and so I think um, once there is a uh, 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 once there's a singular vision that you guys can uh, chip away at, then once you start to chip away at that singular vision, then as time goes on, you can then branch out and do all of the other things. And we gotta get rich friends too. Or <laughs> make sure that everybody in the group is an entrepreneur at some point, to where we're all pooling our finances. If we really, really believe in this, exactly. Then. We're, 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 we're going to practice group economics exactly uh, uh, with this organization whereby we're going to put our money in. If you want to break it into a dividend situation, you can do that. It's completely up to you. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very, 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 very important that you have individuals that have a singular vision, that have one main focus. Um, now, once there's one main focus, then there's so much more that you can get accomplished versus, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, I like puppies. Well, I like boats. <laughs> One don't got nothing to do with the other. Exactly. Um, it's either we doing puppies or we doing boats. Like, what are we doing? Exactly. Don't go in a meeting, I'm talking about boats, you're talking about puppies. It doesn't make sense. You know, um, <laughs> and so well, once that's captured, 
I think um, not only will there be more traction because everyone's mind is in the right place, but you'll get a lot more done a lot faster. That's true. Well, that note, we can close out. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, love God, love each other, man. Uh, first of all, thank you, thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you would allow me, listen, make sure uh, that you guys are going and getting anointed and struggling. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to go to www.andrewjohnmusic.com. Once again, www.andrewjohnmusic.com. If you have an iPhone, it works on iPhone. Um, if you have an Android, it works on Android. Uh, I don't know what other phones there are. <laughs> um, I don't think it works on flip phones, but listen. Um, <laughs> No matter what you're going through, God has a unique calling that is specifically for you. And there is a group of people with your DNA that only you can reach, okay? And they're waiting for you to get out of your own head, to get out of your own mind when it comes to your personal struggles and your issues. And really, really tackle your God-given purpose by stepping into your God-given potential. So make sure... Once again, Anointed and Struggling ebook. It's out now. Go to the website. Get yours today. You're not going to be disappointed. Wow. Um, yeah, so support our brother. We'll put the link in the description. Um, again, like we're doing this turkey drive for the Thanksgiving season. Don't forget to donate. That's www.therealwordministriesinc.org. That's therealwordministriesinc.org. Also, you can find us on GoFundMe. We'll put the links in the description. Um, support. Support this channel. Support. Um, our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Share, like, um, pass it on. And, you know, we thank you for watching. We thank you for supporting. Um, you want to close out with a prayer? Uh, well, you got a book on prayer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, here we go. Uh, uh, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity uh, to be here with my brother, Lakar. Thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to be on uh, The Real Word. Uh, God, I pray blessings over this channel in Jesus' name. I pray that everything that they touch prospers. I pray blessing right now on everyone that's watching now and will watch. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would uh, shake what has to be shaken and and bring them closer to you. I pray blessings uh, over their families right now in Jesus' name. I pray for more than enough this Thanksgiving season. I pray more than enough this Christmas season, more than enough uh, this holiday season. Reconcile families, bring marriages back together, uh, and raise up people uh, that are not only heavenly minded, but are uh, uh, goal oriented in making our community a better place. Um, we love you, God. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mic fell apart. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you for watching. We see you next week. Shout out to everybody for watching. Shout out to our guests that came on today. Um, shout out to everyone that's been supporting. And shout out to all the people. Um, check out Andrew's book. Um, where can they find it? Uh, so uh, you can find the book Anointed and Struggling. Write the ebook Anointed and Struggling uh, at www.andrewjohnmusic.com. The audiobook will be coming out by the end of the week. So if you don't want to read it, you want to listen to it, that's going to be available too. And where can they find you personally? Uh, so you can find me personally uh, on Facebook uh, at Andrew John Music. Okay, so you can find me on Facebook at Andrew John Music. On Instagram, simple underscore Drew. Once again, simple underscore Drew on Instagram. Okay, so thank you, uh, Mr. Andrew John, for coming on. Respect and love. And thank you all for watching. Good night and God bless. Peace.